In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved, uh, as we proclaim and embody the arrival of God's kingdom in Jesus, we come into direct conflict with forces that want to maintain the world as it is. But don't be afraid. The truth will be revealed. Our Father is watching over us. And as we lose the life of self-interest, taking up our cross and following Jesus, we find the life that is truly life. Our gospel text uh, this week, friends, is a continuation from last week. Jesus is giving a long discourse here. Uh, We're right in the middle of it. He's giving this to his disciples as he sends them out on mission to proclaim and demonstrate the arrival of God's kingdom. And the arrival of God's kingdom, it's important to remember the context in which Jesus is giving us these words. The arrival of God's kingdom is not a nice new accessory for people to add to their lifestyle. It's not the announcement of a new product that you might like to use in your everyday life. It's not spiritual bling. Uh, This is the overturning of the world order. This is a political revolution that's being announced. This is a new government being set up. And so the disciples are not sent into a vacuum where there has been no government, where there has been no political order, where there has been nothing before, but they're sent into a context that is enemy-occupied territory. The devil has people bound up in sickness and sin and oppressive systems of death. And so as the disciples go, this healing the sick, this casting out of demons, this raising of the dead, are all embodiments and demonstrations of the overthrow of Satan's kingdom by the arrival of God's kingdom. And so conflict and resistance are inevitable, is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. Expect to be mistreated by those with a vested interest in keeping things the way they are. Of course you will be. They mistreat me, of course they're going to mistreat you. If you come in my name and you come with my resources, if you come in my authority doing my work, well, they're not going to be happy to see you because they're not happy to see me. This is the overturning of a world system. So that's the context. Uh, But Jesus says this twice. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for two reasons. One, the truth will be revealed. Everything that is hidden will come to light. Every dark secret will be brought out into the open. In the end, the truth will be revealed. So, So he says, tell the truth about the way the world is. What I say to you, I want you to announce from the rooftops. Announce and embody the arrival of God's kingdom and do not fear those who would hide the truth to maintain their self-interest. And again, he says, don't be afraid because the worst they can do is kill the body. (laughs) It sounds pretty bad to most of us, but uh, we need to hear uh, what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying that's actually not the worst thing that could happen to you. Rather, the worst thing that could happen to you is that uh, your soul would shrivel. So your father is watching over you. Your father is caring for you and even carries, God cares about sparrows. So of course he cares about you. You're worth so much more to him than birds. Beloved, as we proclaim and embody the arrival of God's kingdom in Jesus, we come into direct conflict with those forces that want to maintain the world as it is. But don't be afraid. The truth will be revealed. Our father is watching over us. And as we lose the life based in self-interest, Taking up our cross and following Jesus, we find the life that is truly life. Jesus continues, and this is where we want to focus most of our time today. 
these shocking words that seem to us maybe a bit off (laughs) coming out of Jesus' mouth. He says, don't think I've come to bring peace. I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. And then he talks about, I've come to divide families against each other. And if you love your family more than me, you're not worthy of me. What is going on here? What is this all about? First of all, I do want to say that this passage has been used by spiritual abusers to instill fear in their followers and in their victims and to coerce compliance. Uh, And I just want to say that's wrong. And I'm sorry if you've ever experienced someone using these verses to try to coerce you into complying with their agenda. This is not what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is trying to shake us out of the temptation to use him as a spiritual add-on to our life based in self-interest. So self-interest, a life of self-interest is choosing what seems good for me and what seems good for my people my family, my kin, my race. And when we do this, when we choose in our own self-interest and our group, whatever that might be, our nation, people that look like us, same color skin, or just blood, when we choose in our own self-interest, it inevitably leads to the oppression and the exploitation of those who are not part of that group. So for example, America's original sin was to create a group called white people, with an ideology called whiteness or white supremacy to justify the exploitation and oppression of native peoples and of the African peoples that we stole from their land. So racism is rooted then, not as we so oftentimes assume, in ignorance or hate, but racism is rooted in simple self-interest and all of the justifications we use to create why that's okay for us to be interested in promoting ourselves. It's rooted in looking out for me and mine. And it always leads to the dehumanization and the exploitation of the other. And that's why Jesus is speaking in such stark terms here about loyalty to family, all of that kind of thing. Loyalty to family is oftentimes held up as a reason that we should be able to exploit and oppress other people. And so the sword Jesus brings here, this is Bonhoeffer. The sword Jesus brings here is the sword of the cross. Because Jesus hasn't come to fix the world. He hasn't come to renovate it. He's come to tear it down and build it back up. He's come to crucify it and to raise it back to life. And so when we embrace this sword of the cross, it puts to death the old life of self-interest in us that leads to oppression. And it brings about in us, as Paul wrote to the Romans, newness of life. We're living a new identity. We're living a new life now that's based in something other than self-interest. And so as we allow the cross to do its work in our hearts, as we repent of our sin and our complicity in sinful systems and our self-interest, we do begin to live in newness of life, a new identity. As a friend said to me this morning in our DNA group, uh, when you lay down your self-interest, a river of joy begins to flow from your heart. And we rejoiced with him to say, this is beautiful. You're encountering the life that is truly life as you lay down your own self-interest. But as we do this, friends, this is a sword that goes through our hearts. And as we do this, and as we begin to live in this new life, live in this new identity, it brings us into conflict with powers and principalities for whom they want to keep the world the way it is. They want to keep the world as groups of self-interested people 
fighting and warring with one another over scarce resources. But the kingdom of God is different, friends. This is a new identity where we don't have to fight. Nobody else has to die for us to flourish. Nobody needs to be exploited for us all to flourish. That's the new identity. This brings, as we live that new identity, it does, though, bring us into conflict with those who don't want to repent. It brings us into conflict with those for whom the cross looks like very bad news. It brings us into conflict with those whose identities are too bound up in the current oppressive system for them to see that they don't have to live in it. So Jesus isn't talking about stirring up conflict for its own sake here. He's simply saying conflict is inevitable when you proclaim and embody this new way of being human in, the, in a world that is hell-bent on self-interest. So following Jesus, again, it's not spiritual bling. It's not an add-on to your life of self-interest. It is a death and a resurrection. It's a radical, fundamental shift of loyalty and solidarity that puts you at odds with the way the world works. Following Jesus makes you a nuisance. It makes you a wrench in the gears. It makes you a threat to the status quo. And so it's not that we're against those people. So the sword that Jesus brings, it's, it's the inevitable conflict that comes up, but we're not against the people who are against us. We're actually for them, just like we're for everybody else, because the gospel has drawn our family circle wider than just those I happen to be related to. It's drawn our family circle wider than just our racial identity. It's drawn our family circle wider than just our nation or wherever we draw that circle, the gospel expands it to include all of humanity because God is our father, Jesus is our brother, and now everyone is included in this blessing. Friends, as we, as we, as we live out this new identity and as we tell the truth about the world, they will tell you you're being divisive. But just remember, friends, when they tell you that, that as we proclaim and embody the arrival of God's kingdom in Jesus, we come into conflict with forces that want to maintain the world as it is. But don't be afraid. Jesus tells us the truth will be revealed. Our Father is watching over us. And as we lose the life of self-interest, taking up our cross and following Jesus, we find the life that is truly life. So how do we respond to this good news, friends, today? Uh, I would say that I think the great temptation of American Christianity is to use God as an add-on to our life of self-interest, to assume that the good life will come to me if I practice self-interest, and we can use God as a turbocharger for that. He's a really powerful ally in my pursuit of self-interest, and so I'll, I'll start to pray, and maybe God will help me to pursue my safety, and my economic opportunities, and my political power, and my cultural comfort. But friends, this is the way of death. This is the way of oppression. Jesus sends us out today to proclaim and embody a new way of being human, a new kingdom, where the way to life is uh, truly, that is truly life, is to take up our cross, to die to self-interest, and to follow Jesus. Uh, one place that this is showing up for me right now is, um, it is, I'm realizing it's very easy for me to sink into the self-interest that my whiteness promises me. Comfort, ease, economic opportunity, protection. And it's easy for me to feel bad for people of color without really stepping into solidarity with them. 
And so right now for me, taking up my cross and following Jesus means I'm trying to put my body on the line as best I can to repent of my complicity and racism, to stand in solidarity with my black brothers and sisters, to advocate for justice and restitution. Um, and it's been interesting. <laughs> uh, things are coming up in me that I, I weren't aware that were there. I've, I've had, since we marched uh, for the first time back, this is May 31st, this is Pentecost Sunday, um, I've actually had a few nightmares about being kidnapped and killed. I know this sounds intense, friends, but I've had nightmares about it, that because of my public solidarity, someone's going to find me and racists are going are gonna to kill me for this. So I know that sounds extreme, but I'm learning, wow, there's, a, there's something that lives in my body, this fear for my own safety that resists standing in solidarity, with, that resists putting my body on the line for the liberation of my black brothers and sisters. In other words, I'm discovering that I'm afraid of the consequences of my public solidarity with this movement for justice. I'm tempted to hold on to my self-interest so I don't have to worry about it. That's the life I'm trying to lose right now in order to find the life that is truly life. I'm also really new at this. And so I'm afraid of making mistakes. I'm afraid of speaking in a way that would offend someone. And so part of losing the life of self-interest for me right now is just being willing to make mistakes and to willing to be wrong, to being willing to look awkward and foolish, being willing to just repent if I say something offensive. Where are you tempted today to invest in a life of self-interest? A life that seeks safety, comfort, status, privilege at the expense of others. And where is Jesus calling you today to take up your cross and follow him? Let's do this together, church, today. In prayer, as we come to the table, losing the life of self-interest so that we can find the life that is truly life. Jesus is speaking good news to us today about where life is actually to be found. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.